This morning as we meditate on, on God's word, uh, I'm sharing a very, uh, if you, you call it a topical sermon because this is a very, uh, this is a very important topic, I guess. And I'm, I realize I'm painting a very uh, broad, in terms of a broad brushstroke and you know, I can't cover everything that there is to cover, but uh, so I realized that I don't, I'm not giving the, the whole picture and, and uh, you can't be limited just to the points that I have here because there is so much. And, and honestly, every single point I have can be a sermon on its own or a sermon series on its own. And I've titled my sermon, The Renewed Mind. The renewed mind and this theme has been uh, in my heart for quite a few weeks and months actually. And because I realized that uh, very often the Bible talks, us, uh, talks about newness as being a mark of a believer. The old has gone and the new has come, Paul says, right? If we are in Christ, we are new creation. And I know that applies in the way we live our lives as new creations in Christ. But it also needs to come in the form of the way we think as new people. It's pretty simple. We can't live our lives as new creation with an old mindset. You can't live your life as a new creation. You can't put off or take off the old and put on the new and live effectively for the kingdom of God unless we renew the way we think or renew our minds. Amen. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. By the renewing of your mind. Please understand this. And we need to get this real transformation happens in our lives only when we renew our minds. Because we need to realize that we are called, if you want to say, to a new way of thinking. And when we renew our minds, and I mean we're called to this new way of thinking to renew our minds. And we renew our minds by studying God's word, to, by spending time in his presence, by fellowshipping with his people. And I think I picked this up from Barbara who always says, we got to get rid of the stinking thinking. Right, Barbara? Because that's what it is really. We've got to get rid of the stinking thinking and renew our minds in the word of God itself. When it comes to our minds, there's another verse that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And actually, let's turn to that passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 10, and he talks about, you know, the wisdom coming from God. And he says in verse 10, these things, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Verse 11, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And then drop down all the way to verse 16. And I'm skipping a little here, but look in verse 16. For 
who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. And then this last phrase there really gets me. But, let's read that together. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And I remember the first time I read this years ago, it blew my mind really. We have the mind of Christ. And I'm not saying we're going to have all the wisdom like Jesus did. I'm not saying we're going to uh, have the understanding, all the understanding that Jesus had. I'm not saying we're going to think or act perfectly like Jesus did. I'm not saying that at all. But all I'm saying is that as we renew our minds, we have the mind of Christ in us. We have the mind of Christ in us. That means we have the ability to see things the way Jesus thinks, sees things, whether in the natural realm or in the supernatural realm. We have the mind of Christ. And when the enemy comes in to attack your mind with doubt and fear and anxiety and stress, all you got to do is get rid of the stinking thinking and remind him or remind yourself that you have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You have the mind of Christ. Again, does that mean you're going to know all the things like Jesus knows? No. Does it mean we're going to get it right every single time? Of course not. I love Warren Wearsby, who's, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I've followed him for a long time. Great uh, guy who wrote so many commentaries. He says, having the mind of Christ simply means this. We have the ability to look at life from our Savior's point of view, having his values and his desires in mind. Having the mind of Christ simply means we have the ability to think God's thoughts and not think as the world thinks. That's what it is. You have the mind of Christ. Tony, you have the mind of Christ. Brother Dan, you have the mind of Christ. I can go all across the room. Turn to your neighbor and tell them. I never do this. So turn to your neighbor and tell them. You have the mind of Christ. Paul again says, again, it's just, if we would only stop to think about that. That we have the mind of Christ. We are no longer held captive to our own thoughts really. Because we have the mind of Christ. No matter what's happening in my life, I don't have to be held captive by that situation. Because I have the mind of Christ. I have. You have the mind of Christ. Paul again in Philippians, and I know he's talking about servanthood and humility. But Paul in Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind also be in you, which was in Jesus Christ. So we have the ability to see things like Jesus did. Let the mind of Christ is also, the mind of Christ is also in us. Again, I have a small list of things of what it really means. And number one, when I have the mind of Christ, I am more, I am keenly aware of God's presence in my life. When I have the mind of Christ, I am aware, I become more aware of God's presence in my life. I realize that I am not alone even though I am all by myself. Because he promises his presence in my life. And when I have the mind of Christ, even though I am sitting all alone, I know he is with me. 
The proof of that is the Holy Spirit. He has given us His Holy Spirit. We are never alone because in us resides the Holy Spirit. He is with us because when I'm, sorry, when I have the mind of Christ, I become aware of God's presence in my life. And I, I honestly cannot think of anything that is more assuring than realizing that God is with me all the time. There is no greater assurance I really need besides the fact that God is always with me. His word says he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Friends, you are never alone. That is his promise. That is his promise. Now, there will be times in your life when you feel lonely and you feel abandoned and you feel let down. But let me say this. That's the time you got to get rid of the stinking thinking and remind yourself that you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. And no, it sounds simple and might sound too harsh. But when you start feeling sorry for yourself and that saying to yourself and believing that you are all on your own and nobody else cares about you, that's not thinking like Christ did. That's not the mind of Christ and you need to get rid of that. You are never alone. There are so many promises in God's word that promises us his presence. When you're going through, I think about Joshua, he's going into a situation, going into battle, doesn't know what's going to happen. What happens? God tells him, hey, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Why? Because I'm going to be with you. So no matter how uncertain you're going into or what the future looks like, remember, he is with you. That is the mind of Christ. That's what it means to think like Christ. What did the last thing Jesus tell his disciples? Go into all the world, make disciples, and then right at the end he says what? For I will be with you. That's what it is about. When I have the mind of Christ, I'm keenly aware of God's presence in my life. Number two, when I have the mind of Christ, I see me for who I really am. Because I see myself not through the world's perspective, not through someone else's perspective. I see me through God's eyes and that gives my, my life value and worth. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can see me as a person created in the image of God, loved by God, and someone he gave his own son for. Because I have the mind of Christ. I see me for who I really am. I know I was lost in sin, but his grace and his mercy, he saved me. He called me, adopted me into his family, and now I am a child of God. I am his son. He is my father. He loves me forever. His love for me is immeasurable, unconditional, and will never run out on me. Hallelujah. Because I have the mind of Christ, I can think in that pattern. Amen. I see things. I see me through the eyes of Christ. I see me. Through the eyes of Christ, I realize that I am a new creation. I am his workmanship. I am chosen. I am forgiven. I am justified. I have a huge list here. But you've got to realize you have the mind of Christ. That's how you will get the victory. No longer dependent on what people have to say about you. Whenever I face an impossible situation, I don't have to worry because I realize what? God, with God, everything is possible. Amen. I'm secure. I am secure. My security lies in Christ and the fact that he calls me his son. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. What did he give us? The spirit of what? 
power, love, and sound mind. Realize you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. It's really important to know. And this is, this is really important to know. You need to know your identity in Christ. I know it's cliche and everything else. Because if you don't know who you are in Christ, the world is going to give you an idea of who you are. And you don't want that. You need to allow the word of God to tell you who you really are. Don't allow the world to define who you are. And when you have the mind of Christ, it allows the word to define who I am. Church, allow the word. I cannot emphasize this. That's why it's so important to study and read God's word. When I have the mind of Christ, I'm keenly aware of his presence in my life. I'm, I see me for who I really am. The third thing I realize when I have the mind of Christ, I realize that there is a plan and purpose for my life. That there is a plan and purpose for my life. I'm aware of God's presence. I know who I am. And then I realize that he has a plan for my life because he created my inmost being, the Bible says. When he created me, he knew every single day of my life what it was going to be. When I have the mind of Christ, I realize that he has a purpose, that my life has a purpose, and that's what I want to be. I mean, you think about Jesus. Jesus had, he didn't have an identity crisis. He knew he was, and he knew what his purpose was. I mean, right from a young age, at the age 12, while his family is going away, he's still hung around talking to all the elders and the priests and everybody else, right? And when his parents come back and ask him, hey, what are you doing? What does he say? I'm about my father's business. If that doesn't tell you that he had an idea of what his purpose was right from when he was 12 years old. And, it's, and that, as I read that, it just came to me as a parent. How do I prepare my, life, my kids to realize their purpose in this world? I don't know, it's just something that came to my mind. Realize that God has a plan for our lives and when we have the mind of Christ, we begin to see that plan and see that purpose to which God has called us. Jesus came, his purpose was what? To die on a cross. His purpose was what? He said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. He said what? I have come to serve and not be served. He knew what his purpose in life was. And when we have the mind of Christ, it gives us an idea of what our plan, of what God's plan, and what God's purpose is for our lives. I mean, you think about Jesus again. I'm going to go through this verse in, in uh, John chapter 12. You know, he's, he's deeply troubled. And he says, he's praying and he's asking God, God, I mean, Father, save me from this hour. And then he says, no, it is for this purpose that I have come. As he's looking forward to the cross. When you have the mind of Christ, Christ knew what his purpose was. When we have the mind of Christ, we realize that there is a plan and a purpose for our lives. Number four, when I have the mind of Christ, I realize that I have been called to live my life for his glory and not my own. When I have the mind of Christ, I realize that I have been called to live for His glory and His glory alone. I live to please my Savior and my God, Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. I do not live my life for anyone other than Jesus Christ and His glory alone. I do not, 
have to waste my time and waste my energy trying to please others. I mean, I don't know if you guys realize how stressful it is when you're trying to make everybody happy, huh? It's just the truth. Again, I don't mean you just do your own thing and don't care about what others and let them get over it, you know? They'll get over it. That's not the attitude. We're still talking about humility and living in love. But living in our lives, learning to live our lives, seeking the approval of God and not the approval of man. And that is possible when we have the mind of Christ. Jesus says actually in John 5 verse 30, he says, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Him who sent me. When I learn to think like Christ, when I have the mind of Christ, I don't worry about pleasing people. Now, you know, this honestly is one of the biggest things that we deal with in today's world. Because when you're always worried about what people think, you can't. You can't, you are not free to be what God has called you to be because you're so caught up trying to make everybody else happy. But if you put on the mind of Christ, you learn to think like Christ, if you can say that, then you won't worry about pleasing everybody. Instead, all you can do is focus on pleasing God. Again, I'm not talking, please don't, misunderstand me I'm not talking about being arrogant and rude and obnoxious and you know let people deal with whatever I do that's not what he's talking about here that's not what I'm talking about it's about living our lives seeking the approval of God and that's it that's it you know as uh, I'll be honest as a pastor I'm very aware that I almost disappoint someone almost every second of the day sometimes but I can't let myself, and I, I don't try to do that. I don't get up in the morning thinking I'm going to make Tony mad today. No, I don't. Sorry, Tony, I'm picking on you today. But you realize while we try and live at peace with everybody else, our goal is so what does Christ think of me at the end of it? Is my life a willing sacrifice, a clean, willing sacrifice, pleasing sacrifice to him? Amen. I live my life when I have the mind of Christ. You'll be secure in who you are. You'll be secure in your purpose. You'll be secure because God's presence in your lives. And you will not look for the validation of people. But you will be looking for the approval of God. Let me ask you an honest question here. Whose approval are you depending upon for your happiness today? Number five. When I have the mind of Christ. I rely on God's power than my own ability. When I have the mind of Christ, I rely and depend on God's power than my own ability. Now, how do you know you're relying on God's power or you're relying on your own ability? I think the best test is this. If you're constantly tired and worn out and just exhausted with life, I think, again, I'm not judging, but I think you're relying a lot on you rather than relying on God's power to see you through. When we have the mind of Christ, we ought, to, we ought to rely on God's power than our own ability. I on my own without God's power can only accomplish so much. But me with God's power can ap- accomplish way more than I can think or imagine. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. We rely on God's power. I, 
and I say this all the time, I don't think as Christians we realize the power of God that resides in us. Now, it's not the power to do, you know, I'm going to stretch my hand and zap this or zap that. That's not. It's not the power to do whatever I want to do. No. But do we realize that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same resurrection power lives in us. The only way we will realize that is when we have the mind of Christ. It's the power to live our lives by faith. It's the power to live our lives victoriously and in no condemnation. It's the power to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. We can't do it on our own. When you feel weak and down and out, you know you can't make it through. That's when he gives us the power to endure, to persevere. That's the power God has promised us. When we have the mind of Christ, we begin to rely on his power than our own, own ability. Church, let me say this. There are so many people I know through my years just being a Christian, being a pastor, people who've tried to serve God on their own, follow Christ on their own. They've tried to make it happen on their own. And they've fallen short, gone tired, and fallen away at times. But when you realize who you are, you realize that in your weakness, in your, all your failing and everything else, Christ's strength is made perfect. And you realize that's when you depend on God's power. That's when he gives his grace to see you through whatever you're going through. Have the mind of Christ. When I have the mind of Christ, I submit to his will, not mine. Because it no longer becomes about me and what's in it for me. It becomes about doing his will. Jesus, right at the end of his life, he says what? Not my will be done, but yours, Father. That's what it's about. To have the mind of Christ, we need to think that same way. God, it's not about us. It's about you. It's about not my will being done. It's about your will being done in my life. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ, that our minds are so tuned to listening and doing what God wants us to do. Again, I'm not saying we're going to get it right every single time. But it's an area we've got to develop and grow in. Having the mind of Christ means I submit to His will, not mine. Having the mind of Christ, I think it's number seven right now, simply means this, I understand what it means to be a servant now that's a hard one for us especially in the world we live in today because we live in the world where I have got to do what's best for me but think about Jesus he came what to lay his life down for others he came to serve and not to be served and if we really have the mind of Christ we've got to learn what it means to be a real servant what it means to really serve others not just do things that suit me or are comfortable for me or when it you know it's convenient for me either real service when you have the mind of Christ you will learn what it means to serve you know the thing about, and this was just something as I was, uh, a couple of months back as I was reading, uh, and it actually goes at the point previously, but it just came to me again. When you have someone's name, when Jesus, Jesus was so sure of his identity, he kept saying there are several I am sayings, right? 
I am the bread of life. I am, you know, the way, the truth, and the life. And he keeps saying that I am the good shepherd. But realize, when you have a secure identity, that's when you have your purpose. I am the good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? What was his purpose? Lay his life down for the sheep. I am the bread of life or heaven. If you come and take from me or eat from me, what? You won't go hungry again. His purpose is seen as you know yourself, as you find out who God is and who you are in Christ. You learn and understand the purpose to which he calls you. And we realize that purpose isn't to serve you, it's to serve others and be a blessing to others too. That is the mind of Christ. That is the mind of Christ. And I have the mind of Christ. And this is something really really dear to my heart. When I have the mind of Christ, I understand what it means to be a dispenser of grace. True grace. I realize what it means to be a true dispenser of God's grace. And the only reason I can do that because I know what it means to be a recipient of His grace. When I have the mind of Christ, I can be a giver, a true giver of grace too. Because I have understood what it means to be forgiven. When I, un- I have understood what it means to be accepted even though I have all these failures and faults and everything else. And when we have the mind of Christ, we are able to show that same grace to the others on the outside too. A true dispenser of grace. I mean, Jesus says what? Right at the end, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is such a big key to grace, church. When we have the mind of Christ, we are willing and able. He gives us the strength. We don't want to do it on our own. It doesn't come naturally. Let me say that. But He gives us the grace and the strength to forgive others too. But we've got to be willing to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. When I have the mind of Christ, I understand what it means to be a true dispenser of grace. Church, if there's anything the world needs right now, it's not judgment and harsh rebuke. It needs grace. It needs examples of real grace. We're not going to stand up on this you know, pedestal and shout and condemn everybody or whatever. That's God's job. He'll do whatever he has to do. What I got to do is show God's grace and what it really means to live by grace. When I have the mind of Christ, I understand what it means to be a true dispenser of grace. I mean, two more points and I'm going to finish. When I have the mind of Christ, I realize the power of my words. This is basically comes from James. When I have the mind of Christ, I can learn to control that tongue. I mean, you'd read James and we went through a series a couple of years back, I think. I mean, you control this huge ship with what? That small little rudder at the back. You, we've learned to control all these big animals and everything else. But we haven't learned to control our tongue or the words that come out of our mouth. But when we have the mind of Christ, we realize that our words have the power of life itself. You have the power to build or you have the power to destroy and tear down. 
And when you have the mind of Christ, you realize that God has called you to speak life into other people. I'm not talking about eternal life, but I'm talking about encouraging, building one another up in Christ. We need the mind of Christ. When we have the mind of Christ, we will, in our interactions with people, be people who speak life into those around us. Honestly, gossip, slander, you know, everything else, boasting, bragging, that's not the mind of Christ. We still got a long way to go in renewing our mind. As we renew our minds, as the mind of Christ, like I said, realize that we have the mind of Christ. We encourage one another. We realize the power our words have. And the last thing I have, when we have the mind of Christ, we are focused on eternity, not the here and now. We focus on eternity because I realize that this place is not my home. I'm just here for a small, short amount of time. But I'll be spending eternity somewhere else. And when my mind, when I have the mind of Christ, I realize I will be spending eternity with him. When I have the mind of Christ, I have an eternal perspective on things that come across my life. When I talk to people, I have an eternal perspective. When I talk to people, when I do something, I have an eternal perspective there. When I have the mind of Christ, I'm focused on what is to come. Not caught up with what's happening right now. These things will pass away, but God's word will remain forever. These things will pass away, but the joy we have when we spend eternity with him just, just overshadows everything that's happened to me right now. I know the things in this world are temporary. The things of God last forever. When we have the mind of Christ, we are focused on things that last forever. Focused on things that last forever even and just shared this just the other just two days back with a young person who was telling me and I was saying realize the pain you're going through right now and it seems so self-righteous when I'm saying but the pain you're going through right now it's just now you look at the glory that what you can look forward to in Christ. And when you focus on that, your troubles will pale in comparison to spending time with Christ through eternity. Again, I'm not making light of the situation. You've got to deal with situation. Everybody goes through hardships. But please understand, Jesus himself, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross and its shame. That's what the Bible talks about. To have the mind of Christ, we've got to think that same way. See things the same way. Allow God to work in our hearts and in our minds. Transform and renew our minds with his word. Bow your heads with me real quick. Like I said, each one of these points, and I have 15 totally, but each one of these points can be a sermon on its own. But I want you today to remind you that you have the mind of Christ. You have the ability. And now again, this is not to make you feel all proud and you 
I got to figure out. I don't need any teachers. I don't need any pastors. I don't need you to tell me what to do with my life. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the ability to see things the way Christ sees things. We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Realize you are a new creation in Christ. You can't live as new creation with an old mindset. Allow God's word to renew your mind. Allow God's word to renew your mind, church. Nowhere in the Bible does it say it's a one-time thing. It's a constant process of renewing our mind as we get rid of the old and put on the new. It's a constant renewing of our mind as we decrease and Christ increases. Lord, I pray that we will realize a God. Understand even what it means to have the mind of Christ. Again, I'm not talking about all knowledge, perfect wisdom, nothing. I'm being real here. It's a call to change the way we think. To see things like crises. Be aware of His presence in your lives. That He will never leave you. He will never forsake you no matter what. When you're going through the fire, He's there. When you're going through the waters, He's there. When you're going through that valley, He is there. That consciousness basically is the mind of Christ. You're seeing things like Christ sees things. Having the mind of Christ and seeing you for who Christ sees you for. That if you were the only person in the world to be saved, he would still give his son for you. I know it's cliche, but he loved us so much. I'm loved by God. Chosen and adopted, called. Called to a divine purpose. And when I have the mind of Christ, He makes that purpose known to me. One step at a time. Thank you, Jesus. morning in the next couple of minutes I just want us to think and ask ourselves and I want to ask you this question I guess what does it mean to you to have the mind of Christ what does it mean to you to have the mind of Christ It's not having all the answers. It's not knowing all the mysteries that there is to know about God. 
you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. God, we live our lives for your glory. By your power, Lord, not our own in our own strength. Thank you, God. Renew our hearts, renew our mind with your word this morning, God. Teach us, God, every day, God, in the small steps, Lord. What it means, God, to have the mind of Christ. Open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds to see things the way you see things, God. To be moved by things that move your heart. Thank you, Father, once again. For your love that can't be contained. It's immeasurable, church. Your love for me that called me and gives me a sense of worth. I pray, God, right now that we will surrender to your will, Lord. To seek, God, to live for you, not for our own glory, but for your glory. To live, God, with an eternal perspective in our mind. Not to be caught up with the here and now and what's in it for me. To learn what it means to really serve one another. To humble ourselves, Lord. Thank you, Father, once again. Let's all stand and worship Him, church. Lord, forgive us for many times our stinking thinking, God. And help us to live our lives, God, conscious that we have the mind of Christ. God, we thank you. I just want to end with that benediction. You know, may the grace 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God the Father and the fellowship we enjoy with the Holy Spirit be with us all as we go from here. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Amen.